The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Welcome, Port fans, radio supporters, Port Adelaide supporters, Port Power supporters, Port Maggie supporters, fans of Cameron, fans of Bevo, and all the haters of Rick and my controversial views. Welcome to our last review show it's our mad monday apparently we're supposed to be getting drunk but i don't feel like drinking so maybe bevo and uh, cam might do the drinking for us tonight on our mad monday review show um first and foremost bevo trying to get out early he's sick he doesn't want to talk about it he's been proven wrong by the boys and so he's trying to jump away as quickly as he can how are you mate yes yeah you know boys are still a bit disappointed by the end to our season on friday night but yeah pushing on i think um Hopefully it's a bit of a wake-up call, boys, and uh, we know we've got a lot of work to do, obviously, for next season. And um, yeah, let's hope we can get some good assistant coaches and a new structure. And uh, yeah, things might be a bit better. What about you guys? Oh, well, let's introduce Cam, the man. He's just come back from his jaunt overseas. How was it, Cam? Well, speaking of wake-up calls, there, Bevo. Uh, thanks, Rick. Um, that was probably one of the things that uh, that got me unstuck, and it's it's actually good that I made it home. Because uh, I missed my first <laughs> flight and uh, then had to madly get to the airport and try and find other ways to get home, which I eventually did. But uh, yes, a wake-up call might have saved me uh, as as well. So how did you miss your flight, flight Cam? Um, my, I slept through my alarm on my phone, which has never let me down before. Uh, yeah, I'd had a couple of hours sleep and I thought I'll just put the head down and or you know look, I, I just thought I'll put the head down. I've got my alarm set, no problem. I don't need a wake-up call. The alarm went off, but when it's only going off at, at the sound of, uh, I, I don't know, think of something really, really quiet. Um, yeah, after dinner and a few drinks, uh, it, it's going to take a bit more than that to get me up. But like I said, I made it home, stopped into Bali for a little bit, and got my own little, had my own chaperone through the airport there as well, and. Uh, Mate, it was it was good. It was, I tell you what, it was more fun than watching Port Adelaide on Friday <laughs> night. Uh, I, I did catch a little bit of it at the hotel, and uh, yeah, good thing I was heading out for dinner that night. It's um, yeah. the the theme of tonight is bullshit. We're going to just talk crap. So uh, with a bit of crap port talk in amongst it as well. So um, I don't think we need to go into the inner workings of a crap game because we've seen it and it's over and everyone's been talking about it. So we'll have a we're trying to have a bit of fun. So I think tonight's show about how we will win the 2019 Premiership. So, um, But Bevo, have you got any... Because I've got a doozy as well, which I'll share with you in a sec. There's a lifelong long learning experience with flying. Bevo, have you ever had any dramas catching flights or flying? Um, yeah, I did actually uh, a couple of years ago. Oh, actually, going back to 2011, um, I was in Melbourne... Uh, visiting a girl at the time, and oh, I, Bevo, the, <laughs> the man, the, hey, the bachelor, isn't he? Go on, keep going. <laughs> it was on the it was on the Sunday morning, and we were supposed to fly to Europe on the Monday night. And the girl dropped me at the airport in Melbourne because um, we were doing long distance at the time. And um, keep going, to, went, keep it, keep this family friendly, mate. All right. <laughs> I, I went to I went to I went to get like an early flight back to Adelaide, like a seven o'clock in the morning flight. And they've cancelled it, and then they've gone to me. Um, we can't fly out till tomorrow night, and I'm like, 
I went up to the counter. I'm like, no way. I'm going to go to, I'm flying to Europe tomorrow. <laughs> so luckily they put me on another flight with Qantas um, instead of, I think it was Jetstar Tiger at the time that cancelled it. So uh, yeah, I was very nearly um, within a bit of a pickle there um, with my flight to Europe the next night. But luckily I managed to get that sorted. But yeah, that was a bit scary. Mm-hmm. You know, Jeez, mate. I hope she was worth it. <laughs> oh, I bet, bet you she was. Bevo's a bit of a stud, didn't you know that? Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> oh, thank, thanks, boys. Like, I, my new partner that I've been with for nearly three years um, is probably listening, so she's she's certainly a lot better. So there you go. <laughs> I, um, nice. I'm a very well I'm a very well organised traveller. I don't like to be late to the airport. I always plan things out. It's hard to believe, seeing I'm so disorganised, and um, and so then one we went to a trip. My, my wife and I. She's American, as you probably know. Uh, went to Thailand for a friend's wedding in, in January and we were coming back, timed it perfectly, like hour and 45 minutes, got to the Bangkok airport, ready to go, back to Australia and um, they checked me in and then they, they go to Nicole and, uh, sorry, you can't get back in. That we're not letting you onto oh. this. We're not letting you onto this flight. And we're like, what are you talking about? And they're like, oh, your visa's expired. We're like, the, oh. what the? And uh, and so then we spent 45 minutes trying to work out a, a, a plan. They wouldn't let our bags onto the conveyor belt. Well, they would la- allow mine, but not hers. And anyway, it would just became this frantic mess. That Because what you can do is you can get it for a international, you can get a tourist visa. So, But we were on a foreign carrier, and so they wouldn't do the processing uh, it was Malaysian Airlines of the tourist visa. So we had to roll the dice and we got the ticket. We hijacked on the plane to Malaysia um, from Bangkok, which was our stopover. But we, we worked this out with like 30 minutes to go before they were closing the door to the plane. We still had to go through all the immigration checks to get to the plane. So we got up to the first one and it was like a half an hour queue and so we went to the security person, showed him the ticket and said, oh, man, can we jump this line? We've got to try and catch this plane. She's like, no, no, you've got no problem. You jumped the line. And I'm like, no, look at the ticket. And she looked at the ticket and she went, oh, no, you come this way. And secret door business. And we got through the diplomatic pass to get through. We were still rushing, oh. like sprinting to the plane. And then we, anyway, we got on with like two minutes to spare. And then we got to Malaysia. Bags disappeared. And we only had like oh. a 50 minute stop. Like, oh my God, it was crazy. Ended up, she got yep. the ticket to get on. We got back to Adelaide and funny enough, all the bags were there. But oh man, it was crazy. I don't like it. I don't like being stressed. And that brings me down to football. I don't like being stressed with football. And we've had a stressful end to the season. Boys, we were 11-4, and four, equal top two. And we've ended up finishing 10th. Uh, I'm not expecting us to have a bag out session on the club. I think everyone's over it. But how are you guys feeling? How, are you are you disappointed, exceptionally disappointed? Have you accepted it? What's the what's the go? Could not be more disappointed. I, I felt stressed from somewhere during the middle of the year when we were, look we were winning those games. It was great, felt good, uh, but we weren't winning them that convincingly. And I'd be thinking. Okay, that's all right, but we're still winning games of footy. Uh, still got plenty of the season to go. I'm sure it's going to pick up from here, and it went the other way. Stressed, pissed off, as Judy says here, deflated. It's um, just 
feel flat. Bevo? Yeah, Cam's probably hit the nail on the head, I think. Um, you know, when we... I remember talking when we were 11 and 4, and, you know, we were talking top two, and we looked at that our draw on the way home, and we knew we had a few challenges, but we're playing good footy. We're beating Melbourne and Richmond, and I think Timmy Ginova sort of said um, when we lost to Frio, that was a, a real, I guess, um, a really bad loss. And as it turned out, it's it has cost us. And he, he actually said on that night we lost that game, I read this in the paper today, that, that this loss could really haunt us. And as it's turned out, it has. It's, you know, been a real... I mean, obviously, we've had a couple of close ones against the Crows and the Eagles where we should have won. But, um, you know, should have, would have, could have. It's not good enough. But we didn't make the finals and heads have to roll. And... Actually, you know, I've, I've been so positive, as you guys know, but I've just about had a gutful of it, to be honest. And what I saw in the first quarter on Friday night, I was pretty disappointed and that was disgraceful. And, um, you know, yeah, they need to... If, I, was, I don't know about getting rid of Hinkley, but I can kind of see where now where people are coming from because our game plan is just rubbish. And other than our defence, which has been amazing this year, there's a lot of below-par performances and... We've got a hell of a lot of work to do in the off-season, guys, and it doesn't get any easier next year because the cow- the clans are going to potentially be pushing for a finals berth. Brisbane Lions are only going to get better. Saints could get better. You know, it's not going to get any easier. So we've got a hell of a lot of work to do in the off-season, and um, I hope they know what they're doing, that's for sure. Bevo, that's two Bevo, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of teams in the top eight which are going places. I think Hawthorne is going in an upward trajectory. Melbourne's another one. GWS is strong and going to be around the place. Sydney, you know, we keep expecting them to drop off. And then, as you rightly call, uh, if North Melbourne get Polak and Gaff, uh, that's going to be a great addition to their midfield run and carry. Uh, Brisbane's going to be pushing a little bit harder. I, I feel like we are falling backwards and not going forwards, which is a bit of a concern. Is that how is that how you feel too, Cam? Yeah. Considering... Actually, I was obviously I've had a lot of time to contemplate. I've spent a lot of time on planes and that, and I do feel like we've gone backwards, particularly from where we were at. And I mean, nothing more evident than even just when you look at our scoring capacity this year compared to last year. We we recruited a side that was going to help us move forward more, be more efficient in the uh, more efficient forward line, and we've gone backwards in that in that sense. So. I feel the same that, um, yeah, there are other clubs doing things, doing some good things. That was us last year um, with all this potential and all this capacity to grow. And look at what's happened to us. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I mean, look, we've still got a mature list. Uh, obviously, there's got to be transition in that list this year, uh, which does mean, uh, you know, we can rebound. And what's going to be interesting for me is um, from last week's show to this week's, Brennan Lade's gone. We knew Nick and Grease were gone. Uh, I believe that's all for the changes. I don't think there'll be any more. We did promote Michael Voss, which I thought was uh, an interesting decision. But, you know, we're going to have some change in that uh, that coach's box. So if we deliver uh, the same dribble as what we did this year, you'd have to think, Hinkley will probably have to walk. And look, I take all of this seriously when we're, we're talking about someone's career because, you know, mental health and stress and, and all that sort of stuff. So I don't talk about this lightly. Um, but at the same time, you know, we're in a performance um, job. 
you know, and you're accountable like we all are. And um, yeah, it's just, uh, it is what it is. But I've heard that, you know, if he sucks, he might walk next year. I don't know. But uh, it'll be interesting to see the transition of the coaches. What do you, um, what do you guys think about the, uh, the coaching changes? Do you like the rumour of Matna coming in, Jared Schofield coming in, Laid going out, Nixon Greaves out? What's, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's. Um, I actually think they're they're good additions. Like Marty Matten has taken cert to a couple of premierships in a row, potentially three this year, um, and you know he's he's shown to be a really good good coach and knows his stuff. Um, and then yeah, Schofield's similar had a, had a really good um, good success rate over there in Western Australia. Cam could probably tell us more about that because he's been following it probably closer. But um, yeah, I think they'd be great additions to the to um, the coaching staff ranks. And I think it might just be what Hinkley needs, a bit of support and, you know, some different ideas. You know, these guys have had success, so it'd be good to have some guys at the club that have had that success and have got some new ideas and innovations that might make the club better. Because, yeah, we have... And it's not all doom and gloom, let's be honest. We've got a very good list. There's a lot of talent in that list. And, you know, there's some been some good positives, like seeing guys like Farrell and Lena get a go this year and... Um, and, you know, showing that they've got talent. And there's still other guys that can have a crack as well. So um, it's not all doom and gloom by, by any means. And we've still got um, – we haven't got the oldest list in the competitions. Like Robbie Gray's getting a bit older, obviously, Westy, but we saw how good Westy's playing this year. He's still got a few more years left in him. So um, it all it's can turn pretty quickly, as you guys know. And next year, we're now not going to have that extra pressure on us. So I think, yeah, 2019, we can be okay, but – yeah, they've certainly got to tweak a lot of stuff. What do you think, Cam? Because you've obviously seen Schofield a lot closer than us. Yeah, I don't now. For mine, I don't know if you want Matna and Schofield in a sense that I'd probably want someone who's more directly involved currently in an AFL side um, or more recently. But okay, to vouch for Schofield, I mean, he is arguably the best, one of the best um, state league coaches going in Australia at the moment. He's been coaching Subiaco for quite a number of years. I think he's won three of the last six premierships or something along those lines, two of the last four or whatever. Um, I I mean, I've seen him firsthand. I've sat in rooms next to him uh, when I was doing my champion data stuff and you'd be right next to the coach's box with a paper-thin wall. And Jared Schofield is, he's, I mean, tactically, obviously amazing, but he's very um, strong on game day. You could hear him say things like, you know, he's talking to his defensive coach and says, all right, as soon as I ask you the question, you've got to have the answer for me. You know, everyone's accountable. He's very switched on. And obviously, look, he, his players love him too. Um, he, he's, I think he'd be an excellent addition to our um, to our coaching panel, you'd assume you Cam a forward line coach. Sorry, I was just going to say, would you guys make him a forward line coach? Or well, that's where I was going with that question too, Bevo. Michael Voss oh, apparently sorry, being promo- <laughs> no, you're right. Being promoted to senior assistant, you know, is he the natural midfield coach? Jared Schofield and Matner at the forward coach, but Matner is a prime defender and has been a senior coach. Do we need a specialist forward coach to complement Schofield coming in? I'm with you. Um, it's an interesting mix that they might generate for themselves. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if it matters too much where you put these blokes anyway, because bearing in mind they're running their own clubs as well and their own sides. And, they, and you know, regardless of what I said before, they're, they're still coaching players that have come from the AFL. Um, 
they, they're still obviously being head coaches of their current sides. They've still got that experience or knowledge of what you need to do for a forward, uh, for a forward line or a forward line coach, a back line coach. So regardless of where they played in the past, they're going to pretty well slot in wherever, um, wherever's needed. So if we're taking a view to 2019, right? So I'm looking at it this way. The coaches and the players decided that the Premiership Cup wasn't worthy of us as a club holding it up for whatever reason in 2018. We didn't, we, we didn't want to do it. So, but we want to do it in 2019. Bevo, what do you, what, what do you think we need to do to, um, to get the, the, the Premiership Cup in our hands in 2019? Is it, is it a few simplistic changes or do we need mass overhaul? Yeah. I wouldn't say it's a. I wouldn't say we need a mass overhaul. Like, there's definitely the, a lot of talent still around in that side, and um, you obviously got got Hammer to come back in. Um, Marshall missed you know a fair bit of the season because of personal issues and with his ankle as well. So you know they're two very handy additions. I don't know about Brody, but maybe if, if he's okay, can have a decent preseason, then he might still be alright. So there's definitely some some good. Well, I suppose um, some good positives there and. Lena and Farrell are only going to get better having a bit of game time under their belts now. So I think all we really need to do, I think the biggest issue for Port, and you guys could probably um, vouch this one more, but I think we've got too many big body midfielders and you know we've got quality midfielders, don't get me wrong, but I think we really lack speed and I think losing Jarman Impey has been a really big blow to us because we've seen how good he's been going at Hawthorne. So we probably shouldn't have gotten rid of him. And then Aaron Young... It was also a pretty decent player we probably shouldn't have gotten rid of. So they made a couple of mistakes there. And, you know, keeping keeping Amon over those guys, again, no disrespect to Amon. And we, we don't want to sort of... We know the mental health issues, so I'm not, I don't want to be sounding like I'm having a, having a attack or anything. But, um, yeah, I think there's just a couple of additions we need. We need a bit more speed in the midfield and probably another... Maybe another forward or something to... Obviously, a Ruckman, a backup Ruckman's an important thing. But I actually floated the idea, boys, if Polak goes, of getting Magic Door because I know he's been a bit maligned at, at the Ruse, but he's actually had a really good year this year and played most games when previously he's been, you know, on the fringe. And he can play either end. We could put him up forward or put him in the ruck. Paddy could play it forward. So I wouldn't mind someone like that coming to the club. This is if we can't get Lysett. Um, but, yeah, that's my two cents. What about you, boys? Uh, look, um, coming back to the, the come back to the Magic Door thing or the not being able to get licensed. But, um, interestingly, I was just reading a comment here. Uh, Kirk, uh, we, we need outside run. Kirk literally read my mind. Um, I was thinking of an answer there. And, um, I mean, it, it's obvious because potentially we're going to lose Pollock. But I think... You, you made the point there, Bevo, that we need, that we, we've got these big body midfielders. The, we've got a number of players, and, you know, whether it be Bono, DBJ, some of these guys who, we, who we've used as defenders, who I also think we could potentially turn into quicker midfielders as well. Um, now, whatever they've, whatever they've done or whatever things we've seen, them doing during this season we've now got a whole pre-season to work on that so we do need to add some speed to that midfield of course we need a ruckman and we need this this defensive play that we're doing we need to turn that into something more positive for us because we were getting killed 
we were constantly getting the ball stuck in defence and between the back line and the wing and having trouble getting it getting it over the heads and down to the forward line. And we've got these these tremendous big guys uh, that we can use deep in the forward line, if you, as you've often talked about, Rick. And so we really need to spend the summer looking at these, looking at this sort of thing and just giving ourselves, potentially with a lot of the players that we've already got on the list, giving us more options in using them for other roles. So, yeah, there's, there's a fair bit that can happen. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, look, the thing is, I guess I get caught up in it too. When you put names on a paper, it still looks pretty good, right? I mean, you think of a forward line with Watts, uh, Dixon, Marshall, Gray, Robbie Gray, that is, Wingard, uh, rotating through there. I think we're, we're short a small forward, specialist small forward. Um, Lindsay Thomas didn't work. I don't think Sam Gray's skills are, are good enough uh, for us. I think he's one of those symbolic players, hard, like a Tom Logan type, hardworking, tries hard, loyal, but just not really up to it. And whilst a team like us has to play one of those players, um, I feel like that's a symbolic sign that we're, we're, we're still short on depth. Um, and so when we're pushing those players out with better skilled players, um, I think that's a good sign. Uh, our defensive unit, I still think, even though they sort of fell off the rails at the end of the year, um, I think that was because we were trying to adjust and score a bit more, um, so that leaves them a bit more exposed. The, the nucleus there is young and quite strong. We can really build off of that. So then it comes down to the midfield, and we've, we've spoken at length about it. We did last week with Porsche as well. But definitely... Uh, that's where I'm hoping like a, a Schofield or a Matner or something refreshing can really work with our midfield because, yeah, we, we need everyone. It's obvious we need that outside run, but we need to be able to utilise that outside run, right? And, you know, and I, I agree if it's a Bonner type, the thing, the problem with Bonner is that it might still take him a couple more years. Um, but for me, I think for us to be ultimately successful, we need to have a, we need to have a system where... If someone goes down, we're just picking someone that's next in line to slot into that system. And at the moment, I think we've fallen into a trap of, let's just get a bunch of really good names, and that's our starting 22, and we'll make it work, right? And if I think of all the great teams like Sydney, of recent time, Hawthorne, yeah, I keep going back to Hawthorne, but they're they're the best in the, the the last decade, right? And they all have a system and you follow the system. And if someone goes down, whoever it is, they go in. So, you know, for us, if Paddy Ryder goes down, if Billy Frampton's the man, if he's the next one in line, you pick Billy Frampton. You don't bloody play Dixon in the right, you don't play Westhoff in the right, and you don't play Ollie Wines in the right. You play Billy Frampton, right? Yeah, exactly. And exactly. And to me, that is the key for us to be successful. Right, and when the coach doesn't have confidence in the players to replace injured players, well, then our system isn't good enough. Yeah, I mean, do you guys do you guys think that you know we've got potential to get back up there again with a, a few tweaks? Yeah, as as, as we were just saying there, and and as Rick's um, probably explained pretty well. Yeah, using the players that we've got on the list and 
yeah, giving them other roles and and not just not just pigeonholing them in one spot um, is a sensational idea. I, I mean, that's that's really what we now what needs to be the focus of the side for next year. I mean, if if they're going to go places, then okay, apart from potential, you know, trades and recruits and things like that, we've got players on the list who can play footy. Um, you know, let, let's let's turn them into footballers. Well, and this is this is the thing. Like everyone thinks, I hate Justin Westoff. I don't. But the thing is, Justin Westoff to me is a symbolism of our failure over the last ten years. Because is he a tall forward? Is he a tall wingman? Is he a tall backman? Right? We don't know. And week after, and I pr- I feel sorry for Justin because week after week, I'm sure he doesn't know. Is he even a bloody ruckman? Right? But what happens is we either play a tall forward short because of Justin or we're playing a midfielder, a running carry midfielder short because we carry Justin or not necessarily a defender. Um, And so therefore, Justin, because of the way he's used by the coaches, I feel actually throws our team balance off because we're short one of those specialist players. Instead of just playing Justin as a bloody specialist forward, right? He's showing this year we should take Justin and just play him as a forward. He's been influential when he's just focused on being a forward. And then if, if we're really in trouble, okay, just drop him back to plug a hole for a little bit. That was, that's what used to, the Rutman used to do, right? And that's probably been Paddy's problem this year. He hasn't done enough around the ground. And he's been there at the stoppages tapping the ball, but around the ground, he hasn't really been that influential. But... I think it, I haven't lost hope. Motlop still has speed. He's a fast. He's a fast cat, and I guess we can use him on the outside. So maybe we only need to find one other player, um, whether that's through the draft or if that's through the trade period or if we go internal. Um, but if we can use the the skills that we've got better, like a Bonner as well, like you said, because he is quick. And I actually like Bonner as a midfielder because he can carve through the midfield. He's got great awareness. Can use great foot skills. Um, yeah. What about trade boys? There's been some crazy names thrown up. You know, Robert Walls, David King saying we should flick off Ollie Wines. Um, you know, there was a rumour, which I don't think is true. No, 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 that was Wingard, mate. Wingard, no, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that was your call, wasn't it, Bevo? Wingard, my apologies, the Ws. Some fans are saying, get rid of Wines. We've, so, we've just signed him for four years. He's probably going to be our captain. And we're saying, trade out Wines, trade out Boat, trade out Ebert. Trade out anybody, we don't care. It, apparently, there's a rumour that there's a few clubs interested in um, uh, Sam Power Pepper um, as another option. Um, Brad Brad Ebert had a fall from grace this year. His form was pretty woeful. I'd imagine imagine uh, Broadbent is uh, he's probably cooked at his age and his injuries. Um, will we be putting up Jasper Pittard for trade? Uh, what are you guys thinking? What are your What are your tough calls that you would make this trade period? Yeah, I'm, I with the Wingard one, like I I love Chad. Don't get me wrong, and um, I think he's an absolutely amazing player. And we'd love to see him get back to that sort of all Australian form when he was just carving up the competition and, and the best players in the comp. But unfortunately, and even watching the game, he just sometimes seems disinterested. And um, he's got all the talent in the world. But what I meant by that was like, like I don't want to lose Chad, but if if we could get I'm just saying hypothetically, like say if we got like a really good ball user like a gaff because we're going to be short of outside run, 
um, or like a Lockie Whitfield from the Giants, geez, you'd have to, surely you'd consider it, wouldn't you? Uh, look, I think there's, yeah, but there's, I mean, there's there's lots of things you could throw up like that. I mean, someone like Chad, uh, there's there's players, there are good players, and, and I know, you know, let, let's not allow complacency and that type of thing. And I know loyalty's not as big a thing in footy these days, but to some extent there is too. Like, a number of these guys have shown the faith by by signing on for longer-term contracts and knocked back other club offers, and you know, including even Pittard. Um, and you sort of want to turn around and say, right, well, we've got you here now. We we kind of also have a little bit of an obligation to to, I guess, show them how to play footy as well. So from the coach's point of view, they've got the players. Um, so I haven't thought too much of trades at the moment, but some of these guys where names get thrown out, you go, well, look, you've signed on with us. We've we've got to, um, yeah, we, we've still got to show something back and we have a bit of a responsibility. However, that's not to say that, you know, maybe there are players, maybe there's, um, oh, you know, some of the fringe players even that, uh, that, that could be put up like, I mean, someone like Joe Attlee potentially could also go to North Melbourne. Um, I, I'd be quite happy with that if, if we could get a pick or a, or a reasonable player that's coming through the system. Um, he, someone like him might be worthwhile. Yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, we worked hard to to get Attlee with the trades and position. I, I'd, I'd be reluctant to, uh, to move him on so quickly. Um, I guess it's an interesting reflection when you think of our players... Um, you know, like when we start talking about, and I don't think Wingard's going to be honest, right? And I don't really want Wingard going. Uh, to me, he's still the future, and I think we read too much Bevo into his body language and stuff. It's just who he is. But when I think about our systems, if I go back to our systems again, um, you know, we're not. If I look at someone like Chad, and I think if they went to a Hawthorne, you know, they'd be like the top. He'd be like the top five player in the league and a superstar, right? So now, is that the player or is that the club? So what are we missing at a club that not we're not extracting the best out of these players? And I mean, look, Jarman Impey, I don't think he's a superstar at Hawthorne, but he seems to be playing more consistent um, at Hawthorne than he was Port. But there was a lot of extenuating circumstances with the death of his father being away from his family, obviously all of that was probably playing with his mind too. So that's probably why Hawthorne's getting the best out of him. But I always think, what would what would a club like Hawthorne or a Geelong, would that player look like, would that player be a better player in those systems? And then I think, yeah, they probably would. Um, so then what are we doing wrong? And what do we need to do better to, for us to win that premiership in 2019? So we're not... We're not reflecting like that on our star players. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good. Good point you raised there, mate. I guess. Um, I mean, is yeah, it development? Are we? Are we poor? Are we? Are we behind the other? Some of the other te- the best teams in the competition um, in developing our players? Are our develop developmental systems behind? It's as though, I mean, to some extent, it's as though in the, the past, only the past few years, we've we've stalled a little bit on development because there, there was a point in time where we, we did have a reasonably young list that was 
really starting to take the world on. And, and you're right, it stalled for a while. And right now, and we could pro- possibly go back to, yeah, bringing in some of those fresh faces. Um, coaches, as, as we talked about before with, with Schofield and Matner and, 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 you know, potentially others, um, you know, this is probably where, if you talk about the system, those guys, those sort of guys are in control of it. Um, because I don't know that we can yeah, we can't really put the the lack of development down to the players. That's got to be a responsibility of, of the coaches. And yeah, again, as I said, probably goes back to where we need to fill some of those gaps with the assistants. I mean, to, I, I'm a little bit concerned though, boys, about our depth um, because the Maggie's really struggled this year, and um, you know, there's quite and we saw on Friday night again. Jakey Mee's clearly not up to it. Sam Gray isn't. Um, you know, there's so many. We've got a lot of players that are, you know, in and out. And, yeah, I'm, I'm just a little bit worried about our depth. What What do you guys think? Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, look, and, and we talked about that before. Uh, my, my thoughts on that are that we need to perhaps, <laughs> I guess we're mentioning that term development again too, but... We, we need to develop the, the group that we've got or, or turn these players into footballers where, uh, you know, using the examples of guys like Riley Bonner, even someone who, who disappointed slightly, for me, I just had high hopes, but he, he might be where, he's, where he needs to be. But I, I thought someone like Don Barry might have, um, might have been able to step yeah. up a bit more. You, you know, good, quick, um, outside type of player as well. So... I think we've got them there. We just need to turn them into something. So um, who would you guys trade? Like who would who do you guys think would we do we do list and who do we trade? What do you think? Well, we need a ruckman. Okay, ideally we. Uh, I'll who would you like, pro- Cam, as a ruckman? Uh, I'm glad you asked. No, <laughs> so so we've been talking about Lysette and and I completely you know. A few weeks back, I said no, but now I've lost the faith with, with what's happened with, with Paddy and we, we've been pretty well exposed with our tools. I, I think someone like him's number one. We keep talking about Bruce. Um, someone who seems to have slipped under, under the radar a bit at the moment is Zach Clark. And all, I'm, all I'll say there is watch this space if Schofield comes to the club because it's, oh, it's been said that, say, at Fremantle, um, obviously, he was there for a long time. He never really got to live up to uh, to expectation. And, you know, perhaps whatever was going on at Fremantle, they have that problem. But he's now in um, arguably, I guess, the, the best state side going around. And he's dominating that side. He kicked two goals, had 50 hit-outs and had 20 disposals the other day. I've heard it yes. a couple of times. Yeah, I've heard it a couple of times on radio today. Um, and I mean, it'd been it's been said for a number of weeks now, but um, he's actually really Jared Schofield's bringing the best out of him, and it seems he's really enjoying his footy under Schofield. And Schofield seems to know how, like I say, get the best out of him. So, I mean, I would just sort of say someone like that, and, and many people might shoot me down on this, but uh, he is really dominating at waffle level at the moment, and. Uh, under the right guidance, he could probably be handy. Yeah, handy would back cheap, up. Would he, a, would he be a cheap buy? Yeah, definitely. And so it's you can get Lysette yeah. and Clark as a backup then. Um, 
with Paddy and then Frampton, and that gives our tall playing stocks a bit more hope for 2019, doesn't it? Yeah, potentially. And, and, and you move on, say, one of um, Laddams or Hayes, perhaps. Well, um, Hayes is injured, and he, we only recruited yep. him last year, so... Uh, I think long-term play, Hayes is our go-to man, but yeah. he was the bargain ruck in the draft. Um, and yep. obviously he's recovering from a, an ACL, so yeah, we can't expect anything of him in 2019. I saw Jones already, uh, Craigie put, pointed out um, uh, Laddams probably should go. So, um, yeah. Uh, Mitch Grigg, I don't know. Judy yeah. just asked, what about Mitch Grigg? I don't know, Judy. I think, uh, I think he might lack a little bit of leg speed. So he'd probably be a poorer version of, you know, SPP and, and Ollie Wines and, and that sort of style player. So I think with the speed yeah. of the game, where it's going, I don't, I'm respectfully say about Mitch because I know, I know his mum, she's lovely, and I just don't know if he'd fit in in our, in our club at this point in time. I, I, chewed, I chewed the fat with him last week, boys. So. <laughs> oh, that's right, um, you did. Yes. Yeah. And it, no, he's a, a great, great guy. Um, but, yeah... Definitely hope he gets a second chance, but I don't think we take him, yeah, purely because we've got enough of those sort of solid midfielders. And Mitch is, is a great, great player in a sample and definitely deserves a second chance. And I think he'll go well in the AFL. But um, yeah, I think we've got too many of those type of players already. So that would be, well, I don't think we'd go for him. So Kirky's on the chat there um, asking and questioning about our leadership, uh, which I think is fair. And one of my, I do a lot of reflecting, as you can tell. I guess it goes timely with a lot of running that I do. But um, I think um, I was sort of reflecting the other day with hindsight, even though we probably wouldn't have got him, I, I would have loved Luke Hodge in our team. Because oh, Luke yeah. Ho- to me, Luke Hodge represents an unwavering desire to win whether it's to win the contest, win a game, win a premiership, whatever. And I just feel like um, the players as a t- collective team have almost fallen into this like victim mentality where um, you, you just sort of, you're losing because you, know, you get attention for losing. And even though you don't want it, it just becomes this repeat pattern of behavior. And I, I just feel like a, a hard, that hard man like Luke Hodge um, yeah, he would have come in and gone, F this bullshit, guys. We're not doing F and this. And, and really just smacked it out of uh, the team. And I, I just feel like my worry is Ollie Wines is the next captain who's been mentored by Travis, who's a really nice guy. I think we need a bit of mongrel. So I guess, you know, I've, I've sort of been intimating on social media like Chad Wingard, but I'd say Tom Jonas is probably in our system, probably that guy to play that that tougher, accountable role on the team will with a will to win. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually in agreement now. Um, just reading about, you know, Tommy also does quite a few interviews and stuff like that, and he's really good with the media, very intelligent guy. And you're right, he's true Port Adelaide. Like he's got that real mongrel about him. He's got that real, you know, Roger Delaney, um, Figet, Nigel Figet, those sort of guys back in the day that people just would hate to play against. Jonas is, is a perfect example of that. So, yeah, I think he'd be a great leader. And um, I've actually changed my thoughts now. I think he'd, he would make a great captain, probably more so than Wines. Yeah, I, I've thought of, uh, probably over the last few weeks I've been thinking something similar. I mean, 
I do love Ollie Wines, and, and I do think he's... Look, he's definitely one of the leaders. But, geez, Tom Jonas is just a... I think he's a ruthless defender. And I think that that shows a lot of toughness and a lot of leadership. And given how good that defence is, and he's, you know, he's the main man there, um, he should, he's certainly shown that he's got leadership qualities and I wouldn't rule him out as a captain of our side. No, it's definitely not. So, on one of my runs, I was thinking about how Port continue to get shafted at games by the umpires. I, um, I feel like even that first half against Essendon, there was two rule books. There was the rule book of time that, and this happened with the first half at Collingwood as well, the rule book of time for us to get rid of the ball, ball was, which was half a millisecond. Um, and then Essendon had like three seconds to get rid of the ball. And it does create doubt in the players. Now, it's not the re- that's not the reason we lost and the dribble that we put up, but it made me think about going back in time to 2006. We had the three Peter Brisbane, we had Port Adelaide winning, then we had Sydney, then we had West Coast. We had six non-Victorian sides, which they like to call the interstate sides make the top eight and there was only two big teams and if you remember in 2006 there was this infamous review by the Victorian AFL sides on the state of the game and why are the non-Victorian sides winning finals and making finals. Coincidentally since that review there's only been one non-Victorian side that has actually won a grand final, which was Sydney, which is a, a quasi-Victorian team anyway, uh, through their association with the Bloods. Now, am I being paranoid? Uh, am I believing in conspiracy theories here? But you know, have they counterbalanced the competition so much in their favour that um, the interstate sides now uh, you know, I just blatant, blatantly getting robbed. Sydney were robbed by the Bulldogs in the finals, right? In the grand final in 16. The umpires were, had a golden run for the Bulldogs. We seem to be screwed over by the umps at every opportunity. West Coast is the anomaly at home. Um, but the, the fixture favours the Victorian sides. Uh, the fixture favours the Victorian sides for television rights and income-producing activities. Uh, I feel like the umpiring seems to be skewed towards the Victorian sides. Uh, my non-Australian wife even notices the bias um, in the umpiring at our games. Um, what do you guys think about this? Do we need an interstate club review of the competition and the state of play of what's going on? Yeah, I did notice on Friday night there was a couple of dubious decisions that cost us in the second quarter, and it was inconsistency. Um, with the umpiring, and that did did confuse me a bit because there was a time when um, Motlop laid a, a late hit on someone and it was a down-the-ground 50-metre penalty, um, yet the exact same thing, exactly the same thing happened to... Um, I can't remember what poor player it was, but I think it was um, 
no, I couldn't tell you which Essendon player it was either that, that hit him late, but there was no, not even a free kick. And it was the exact same instance. So, yeah, sometimes it does make you wonder what's going on with the umpires, but I don't think they even know the rules themselves sometimes because they get changed so often. So nah, I think I, I think, think that's a cop. I think that's a cop out, Bevo. I mean, as Judy pointed <laughs> out, uh, you know the Dixon shot clock fiasco um, last year. Then we've got the fifty meter gate against Hawthorne and Tassie in a in a time slot where, uh, unless you're a Port supporter, you're actually watching the game. Uh, you know the controversy of the Adelaide game <laughs> this year. You know, it, I don't know. I just. I think there are a lot of supporters that are becoming disillusioned at the uh, at the unfair bias in the competition. What do you reckon, Cam? Yeah, umpiring really bothers me. Um, now, I, I, and I'll say this, I, I'll sort of back Bevan up a little bit. In a lot of ways, I don't think it's necessarily always their fault either. I mean, I've tried umpiring... Uh, year sixes, you know, 11s and 12s. I've tried umpiring them and I've still got no idea what's going on. Um, so, I don't know, we can read into a lot when it comes to decisions and I, I don't know a, I don't know a football supporter who, backs for, who barracks for any team who thinks that their team doesn't get a hard run by umpires. So, uh, look, yeah, we, we could have a review. Why not? Let's bring in a review. All right. Let's have one, just so that we can, just so we can maybe put it to bed and say we've had one. Well, Koshy's come out and said that they're having a big review. What do you think of Koshy yeah. coming out and saying we're having a big review? Is it is it too little, too late? Uh, should they should the board be reviewing the contractors contracts they're handing out to to staff prematurely, or are the board doing a good job there? And you know what what do we need to be looking at? Um, absolutely, why not? Uh, I, I, I think so. Uh, I, I think it's great that they are. Um, they certainly need to look at the football department and uh, see, I mean, okay, what sort of balance do we have there? Is, is, you know, does Ken have too much power or not enough? Um, what's happening at board level? I, I think financially and that side of things, we, we're going okay, but there definitely needs to be a football review of the club. Do you guys think that Hinkley's in trouble then? Like, I mean, Kosh has come out and said that he backs him, but if there's going to be a review, could we see could, see, could we see Hinkley getting the sack? No. No, it's too soon no? for that. No, no, no. I think to some extent, well, as long as Hinkley's prepared to um, take what, if there are consequences to him, and it won't be the sack, it might be just, um, certain other other areas of football, it might come out that that Hinkley does too much or not enough. Um, I, I think Hinkley would should welcome it as well. And um, yeah, I, I. But no, to, to answer your question, I, I, Hinkley's very safe for the moment. Well, the board ain't yeah. going to sack him because the board bloody gave him an extension of four years. So yes. um, if they sack him, that's going to be. Um... Um, they're going to be admitting negligence, and I guess I guess where it's crazy is I just don't I don't want well I, we don't know everything right. Um, That's right. But it seemed it seemed odd to me extending Michael Voss's contract. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they know something that we don't. But um... well, I hope they do because uh, to me, from the outside looking in, and a lot of supporters, 
um, you know, with our with our midfield operating as it is, is I guess they're shuffling him to senior assistant, like which is Matthew Nix's role. But again, um, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's it. I mean, I think I, I just hope that if you know Henkel does meet with the board and everything's you know rosy for next year, that he's not stubborn. Like you know, I hope he actually takes on board what other people are saying and you know if we, we need to things have to change because supporters simply aren't just going to aren't going to rock up next year if we have to put up the same bullshit we have the last couple of months um so you know i hope it doesn't come to that and we had a pretty good crowd on friday night my dressing and have a pretty good support supporter base but that, that shows that there is still poor people out there that want to support their team but yeah supporters are going to start getting sick of it though and i saw on friday night supporters were leaving early you know, like, they were just fed up with the way we were playing. So it can't continue next year. There has to be changes. And whether that's bringing different personnel in or changing our game plan. But they said, even said in the first quarter, um, I wasn't I was at the game, but I just heard from what people were saying um, when they were watching on TV that even the commentators were saying, like, what the hell was Hinkley doing? Because we just had no structure in that first quarter. And Essendon was just running all over us. And we had no pace. Guys just didn't want to chase, and yeah, so I've got faith in us, but there certainly need to be some changes next year, that's for sure. What do you guys think about that one? Cam? Oh, yeah, look, even when we are looking at reviews and, you know, Koshy, um, you know, we, we're going to be ruthless and that, even the, the how we're going with our connection um, between. Port players and the power, I mean, it, it looks good. But, you know, Lockin and his relationship with Hinckley and, and all that sort of thing, they, these things need to be considered. Um, again, I, I think, uh, I personally think at a board level, at an, at an admin level, they're probably going okay um, because the, the club seems to be on a pretty good track off the field. Um there's probably room for improvement or there's probably staff allocations that need to be taken out of one area and put somewhere else. But, yeah, look, I mean, going back to what I said before, I think there definitely needs to be some uh, some football development or some, some football reviews. So um, Craig Jones on the uh, Springer chat saying DaveWarner.com.au wrote an article yep. on, the, on the umpiring bias. And second most bias is when a home non-Victorian team plays away non-Victorian team. Interesting. And yes, the most bias is when a home Victorian team plays away non-Victorian teams. And then it's even worse yep. when uh, West Coast involved. So that's that, that is interesting. But I thought we'd quit. I know Bevo has to he has to get some makeup done, and you know he's very precious. So. <laughs> I'm mindful of his time. You know, the superstar, um, uh, beautiful actress. Oh, sorry, actor that Bevo is. So um, we've only got a couple of <laughs> couple of questions. CTP Power or CT Power wanted to know, boys, how have you seen DVJ's move from defence to a run with player in the midfield? Me personally, just quickly before you guys answer. Again, player system. Just leave the friggin' guy in defence where he started off the season strong as a half-bat flanker. Let's stop dicking around with him. Um, I think it makes sense t- 
to it goes back to what I was saying. DBJ is another another guy. He goes pretty hard, and he's he's got some reasonable pace. Um, I actually think it makes sense to use him as a run with player at times, and um, just add that extra add that extra dimension to his game. Mm-hmm. Bevo. Um, I think I think he's done a pretty good job as a run with role this year, and you know back in earlier on the year. He got dropped to the sample and, um, you know, after being late for training and he didn't play that well in the game against Nord, I think it was, when he played for the Maggies. But ever since then, though, he hasn't really missed a beat and he's been playing some pretty good footy. He's been one of the few ones that's been pretty consistent. So, oh, I think um, I think that was a good move, actually, by, by the coaching staff. Do you guys um, know the why? from Ken's press conference. I know the what, but I don't know the why. We're going to sit down and work out the why and see where the why is and we'll know our why and and we'll be better for 2019 once we know our why in a couple of months' time. Do you know the answer to our why? That's what Geremo Power wants to know. Why? (laughs) Well, he did did come out and say we've got a fair challenge on our hands, but he's excited about the challenge. So let's hope that... It's, he's going to turn things around next year because things have to change, and I'm sure he knows that as well. So um, that maybe that's what the why is: how how are we going to make things? How are we going to make us better in 2019, and and where did it go wrong in 2018? That's maybe that's what he was trying to I, say. I don't know. <laughs> I, I haven't even I haven't even heard the. I mean, I to look. I, I, to be honest, um, I haven't heard the press conference or seen much of the game, particularly after the disappointment of missing my first flight. I didn't want to have to deal with the disappointment of um, our club as well. So I've no idea what his why is. Know your why, boys. you got to know your why. Very quickly, uh, he also wants to know, is our, yes or no, is our list overrated? Cam, yes or no? Yes. Bevo? Yes. Yes or no, do we have fitness issues? Yes, for sure. Bevo. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, back in the day, we used to be able to run games out, but now it's not the case anymore for some reason. I do Agreed. question I do question Burjo's fitness program. I love Burjo. He's a great guy. Uh, he does have a philosophy that we don't need to be big-bodied to um, play football. However, it doesn't seem to be working. Yes or no, have we tried to change too much from what we were in 2017? Uh, I'll say no, not enough. Uh, what was that question again? Sorry. Have we tried to change too much from what we were in 2017? Um, I don't know. I guess there was so much expectation um, by getting like what's Rockcliffe and what life and these boys, you know, that we had a good list and, um, by bringing these additions into our team that was going to make us even better and we're a flag favourite. So, um, I don't know. That's a very good question. Yes or no, is Bassett being a whipping boy for our failures this year? Uh, or is, I don't know. Has he? Or is it, well, there's a lot of people going to Bassett ball and complaining. Or is he, you know, liable? No. no. Hinkley's, if, if he is, Hinkley is. 
No, I think uh, I think Bassett's done a fantastic job this year with the defence. Can we trust yeah. Jeff Parker with our picks ten and eleven? Uh, I hope so. Has yes. Jeff I hope so. Has Jeff Parker been in our system long enough and got long term results, or should we be ass- assessing that role? That's a that's my question. That can be part of the review. Yeah, I met Jeff actually recently. Very nice guy. So I don't want to say anything bad about him. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. Well, you can say something critical without it being bad. No, I think he's I think he's doing an okay job. I mean, obviously, unfortunately, Hayes got injured this year and Garner got injured this year, so we haven't seen the best of them yet. But. I reckon they've both got potential. We saw Marshall, how good he's going to be potentially until, uh, like, you know, he was going really well. And, and Paul was playing great footy. People forget, sort of, as soon as we lost him, that's really, really hurt us, I think, because he was, he was playing awesome footy for us. Um, and so hopefully he'll be back again next year. But, yeah, I think, you know, we saw the likes of Lena and Farrell, how good they're going to be in the future. So, no, I think he's doing an okay job. All right, so final question for this year's review podcast. Bit of a statement slash question for you. Uh, we've got a defensive Harlot, Howard, Jonas, Cleary, DBJ, Houston. Looks pretty good to me. Um, let's say we get Lysett. We'll work on that assumption. We've got Lysett, Ryder, Wines. Um, let's say Travis Boak, Robbie Gray, um, Motlop, SPP, Let's say uh, Bonner's running through the midfield as well. And then we've got a forward line of Dixon, Wingard, which alternates with Robbie Gray, uh, Todd Marshall, and Travis, uh, Travis Watts, um, Jack Watts. I'm thinking off the fly here, guys, so bear with me. On paper, it seems like a reasonable team. Can we still rebound and win the Premiership in 2019? And... What would you need to see to have the faith that that could potentially happen? That's a pretty exciting team you've got there, but um, I think it's not so much that team you've just mentioned. It's it's the other guys, the, the depth I spoke, we spoke about earlier on. It's the guys below. You know, we want to see Frampton stepping up and playing even better for you now that he's had a taste of the AFL. And um, we want to see, obviously, we're probably going to lose Polly, so we need to get some more speed in that midfield, so we don't know who who's that's going to be, but um, yeah, I'm excited. I think there's enough talent. And, and like I said before, if we can change a few things around, change our structure, our game plans and whatever, then there's enough talent in that team to go all the way for sure. What do you boys think? Yes, with the right Ruckman, so with our backup, with the correct backup tools, uh, that is definitely a, a potential premiership side. Nice. And Craig Jones just keeps saying, get Kai Pudney. I don't even know who bloody Kai Pudney is. Yeah, I'm trying to work this out too. Who's Kai <laughs> Pudney? <laughs> Sounds like someone from a Rodney Dangerfield movie. Come on, come on, Craig, you've got half a minute to tell us who this guy is. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, there's another one um, who I've seen a few games of this year has been Alex Barnes. Um, he used to play for the Maggies. He plays for North Adelaide now. Great kick at goal. Kicked eight against us, I think, one game. And, yeah, could be a good a good rookie list of player, I reckon. 
And while we're waiting for Craig to tell us who Kai Pudney is, has Rick got the best taste in pre-podcast music ever? Well, you haven't... Oh, uh, sorry. Um, oh, I don't know. Could, could have improved on it. I got the boogie. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I would have preferred something a little different. <laughs> no, I think, um, I think the, I think the other one is... Craig Jones's podcast with the portraits is the best one. They're not giving in song. Oh, don't <laughs> bloody give them any praise. We won't hear the end of it, and they won't show yeah. up. You gotta, you gotta, <laughs> you just gotta bag them to keep them down. Otherwise, their ego just gets out of control. All right, boys. He's um, he's half Japanese, gun running mid. He's at from Woodville. He's part of our under 18s academy. Okay, we'll have to we'll keep an eye out. We'll do some research, Craig. Boys, Cam, Bevo, I appreciate you joining the show this year and helping me out and filling in for me when I was overseas and working it out on the fly. Do you want to come back next year? Love to, mate. I'm in. I'm in. Mate, (laughs) next year will be my seventh year. It's a tough gig when we suck, I must admit. And it's hard coming back, so I know the pain and... I can honestly say throughout this journey of six years of doing this review show with yourselves and Macca and other guests, I reckon I've told myself I'm quitting about 10 times, but I just keep coming back. I'm a glutton for punishment. So um, hopefully enough, law of averages, (laughs) if we do it enough, eventually we'll be doing it for a winning grand final season, which will be exciting. Yes. Can't wait. So (laughs) thank you to all the fans that have been listening to the review show. Thank you guys for joining um, appreciate all your support. We've had great listeners throughout the year. Uh, we're going, uh, Porsche, myself, and Craig are going next week into the review of the players. So keep and listen out to that one. And then uh, and then I'll drop out and the team will take over for the draft because I don't have enough time to follow the draft. So, uh, <laughs> everyone, thank you very much. And uh, let's look forward to holding that cup up in 2019. Sounds yes. Like great. Good on you, mate. Thanks, Cam. Thanks, mate. Thanks, guys. Ciao, ciao. Cheers, boys. See ya. Puts the ball across towards a teammate. Ritz hand pass, though. Slapped and now needs away. Everything falling into place. Need the beneficiary running down towards the 50. Lines up. Bacon goal square. How about this? This is breathtaking. <laughs>